Welcome everyone to this Allen and Overy podcast. My name is David Berman and I'm a senior associate in Allen and Overy's Middle East Litigation Investigations and Contentious Regulatory Group. And I'm joined today by fellow senior associate Victoria Ferris, who is part of our Middle East Financial Services Regulatory Group. Hello. This podcast forms part of a series where we will be focusing on key considerations relevant to the emerging crypto asset landscape in the UAE. In this episode, we're going to focus on the unique anti-money laundering and counter-terrorist financing issues relevant to crypto assets in the UAE, including talking through a real-life example and discussing key recent regulatory developments in this space in the UAE. We're going to refer to the terms anti-money laundering and counter-terrorist financing as AML and CTF for short. This podcast will be of interest to legal practitioners, individuals working in any financial services sector, and other designated non-financial businesses and professions, and those interested in crypto assets generally. This episode builds on the previous episodes on key legal considerations relevant to crypto assets and consumer protection issues related to crypto assets. So we do recommend that you check out those episodes too. Before we look at the AML and CTF position on crypto assets specifically, it's worth mentioning briefly the significant priority that the UAE has placed on developing its financial crime compliance credentials in recent years. Victoria, can you tell us a little bit more about this? Absolutely. Thanks, David. The pace of reform in this area in the UAE really accelerated after the Financial Action Task Force issued its 2008 Mutual Evaluation Report on the UAE. The report found that the UAE needed to make significant enhancements to its AML and CTF laws and framework for combating financial crime. Since the report was issued, the UAE has introduced a raft of measures to enhance its financial crime credentials. And this included the introduction of a new AML law and various other more practical measures, such as the establishment of a national task force and a specialist money laundering court in Dubai. Following the subsequent publication of FATAF's Mutual Evaluation Report on the UAE in 2020 and the UAE's recent addition to the FATAF Grey List, it's expected that the UAE's focus on AML and CTF is only going to increase. That's absolutely right, Victoria. And equally, the UAE has been taking a variety of steps to become a global leader and innovator in the crypto asset space. Given these two trends, it's really no surprise that the UAE would have AML and CTF considerations at the front of mind when approaching crypto assets regulation. Of course, the other reason why there would be a focus is because crypto assets are such attractive vehicles for financial crime. David, can you tell us why that is? Well, Victoria, there are really four main characteristics of crypto assets which increase AML and CTF risks. First, virtual assets can operate in an anonymous or pseudo-anonymous manner. They can be traded via internet platforms and are generally characterized by non-face-to-face client relationships. This means that it can be harder to properly identify the source or destination of funds, which can be a really useful attribute for criminal actors trying to wash criminal property into the financial system. Secondly, crypto asset systems can be accessed via the internet including mobile phones, and can be used to make cross-border payments and fund transfers. Thirdly, and related to the point that I've just mentioned, 
Virtual assets commonly rely on complex infrastructures using several entities often spanning multiple countries to transfer funds or execute payments. That's really interesting. I guess the key risk there is that because transactions can occur across various jurisdictions, the regulatory supervision and enforcement perimeter can be unclear. And this can make it more difficult for regulators and law enforcement agencies to detect financial crime in respect of these assets and take appropriate action. That's exactly right, Victoria. And in some cases, jurisdictions may not have very robust crypto asset regulatory regimes, which further complicates the ability to detect and prevent financial crime. Fourth and last, and Victoria, this is a point you raised in our episode on the regulation of crypto assets in the UAE, all these issues are exacerbated by the rapidly evolving nature of the technologies used by crypto asset businesses, including the changing number and types of participants providing services in the crypto asset ecosystem. This makes it extremely difficult for regulators administering financial crime compliance regimes to keep up. That's interesting. Do you have any examples of how these AML and CTF issues may arise in a crypto asset context? There are many examples, but the one that springs to mind and an example that the Financial Action Task Force often uses is the WannaCry crypto ransomware attack in 2017. In that case, cybercriminals infected about 230,000 computers globally with a virus called a crypto worm, which encrypted and locked users' access to their computer files. The cybercriminals demanded a ransom to be paid in Bitcoin. Certain affected businesses ended up paying that Bitcoin ransom, and the cybercriminals then tried to layer the funds into various other forms of crypto assets in order to remove all links to the crime. The authorities managed to stop the cybercriminals during the layering process, but had this not been the case, the cybercriminals would have been able to send the cleaned bitcoins to a crypto asset services provider or bank to convert the virtual assets into fiat currency, which could then have been invested in a bank and spent. This example demonstrates the key role that crypto asset regulators can play as a gatekeeper in detecting and preventing financial crime. A properly functioning regulator with appropriate regulatory powers would have a much higher prospect of being able to detect and prevent the cybercriminals from introducing criminal crypto asset property into the financial system by requiring consumers to comply with stringent due diligence and know your customer requirements. It would be much more difficult for a lightly regulated or unregulated crypto asset services provider to detect such activities. So, Victoria, can you tell us a little bit about the regulatory landscape in the UAE relevant to crypto assets and their interaction with AML and CTF compliance? Sure. Thanks, David. Um, We've mentioned in our previous episodes that crypto assets are regulated differently and by different bodies, depending on whether they're offered from the onshore UAE or the financial free zones. And the same applies to financial crime regulation. The Abu Dhabi global market was the first jurisdiction in the world to introduce a comprehensive bespoke regulatory framework for virtual asset activities way back in February 2020. So it has had time to develop a fairly sophisticated AML and CTF regulatory compliance perimeter, which extends AML and CTF compliance requirements to all crypto asset service providers, which offer ADGM accepted virtual assets. 
In October 2021, the Dubai Financial Services Authority introduced a regulatory regime for investment tokens and has also published a consultation paper with proposals to extend AML and CTF requirements to other classes of virtual assets. At the federal level since 2021, as you've already mentioned, David, there's been a raft of changes to the UAE's AML and CTF framework. This has included changes to specifically bring crypto assets within the remit of the UAE's overarching AML law. And crypto assets are also now included in the definition of funds within that legislation. And this means that they now come within the perimeter of the laws prohibiting money laundering and terrorist financing and the laws requiring individuals in the financial sector and other designated non-financial businesses and professions to report knowledge or suspicion of money laundering or terrorist financing. So, Victoria, I guess the key takeaway from all this is that the UAE appears to be on a fast-paced program of reform and development in both the crypto asset space and in the area of AML and CTF compliance. That's right, which means that businesses operating in the crypto asset space should place significant focus on ensuring that they comply with the increasingly stringent AML and CTF requirements applicable to crypto assets here in the UAE, and making sure that they're sufficiently agile and conducting sufficient horizon scanning to adapt to further changes and even more stringent regulation in the AMLs and CTF space in the future. Thanks so much, Victoria. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. As we mentioned at the outset, this podcast forms part of a series of podcasts we are releasing on all things crypto, so do look out for the other episodes. Thanks for listening and please do get in touch if you have any thoughts or comments on this podcast. Mm-hmm.